You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up? It's the chop up. Ladies and gentlemen, you might be expecting to hear a Mr. J Spence the King right now, but he's spending time with people he loves more than us. I'm not going to get offended by that. It's completely okay. But instead, myself, Bruce Nolan, I am here with Mr. Sterling Furrow from Cover One. We will be joined shortly by Ms. Kristen Kimmick from the Bills Mafia's Babes, and this is The Chop Up. Sterling, dude, what's going on? How you doing? Bruce, I ain't gonna lie, man. I'm doing uh, pretty good. I mean, that's that's a pretty good uh, intro, you know, in, in absence of my guy Spence. You know, he's uh, doing the family thing tonight, and guess what I'm doing right now? Can you guess? Well, given the fact that you're wearing that jersey and you're looking up north of where the camera is located... I'm going to go with watching the Big Ten championship game live here. <laughs> Listen, do I need to run this thing solo? Are you going to be committed, Sterling? Is that what's going to happen? Are you going to be committed to the show, or am I going to just have to run the whole thing by myself because you're too busy focusing on UM above the camera? Like, well, listen, if you're not going to be a team player, then like, like come on, man. Well, Michigan is about the team, the team, the team, right? So, you know, you got to throw that in there. I mean, I could be doing some TLC references, like don't go chasing waterfalls, but I'm not going to do that right now. Right Mm -hmm. now, yes, I am watching the Big Ten uh, championship game because Michigan's never here. We are never here. Typically, this would be an Ohio State versus whoever the hell, okay? And that didn't happen this year, so I have to do this. I mean, this is just – this is just – protocol here man i have to but you guys all know including you bruce you know i'm a big michigan fan all the fans out there know i rock my uh my wolverines look look, this is the buckeyes versus michigan <laughs> it's not me and bruce are cool about this even though bruce was a little salty last week you know you gotta let michigan get one every 20 years or so hey listen so i was not we got. salty about the loss my wife was salty about the loss <laughs> I, I think that there's such a thing and i think we should talk about this a little bit because I think there's such a thing, and I think this is important given the week that the Buffalo Bills are about to have against the New England Patriots. Everyone talks a lot about sore losers, right? That's mm-hmm. a, that's a phrase that you hear used a lot. I think there is such a thing as a sore winner. I think that's a real thing. And I think it's something we don't talk about enough because we think that to the victor go the spoils. And the way it works is in professional sports, if you win, you can pretty much say whatever you want and do whatever you want. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I think that in the same sense that you have a sore loser, I think you can have a sore winner. And one of the particular comments from Jim Harbaugh rubbed me the wrong way. The loss itself, not so much. Because quite frankly, 
I think Michigan's a better team. And I think that that win was exactly the way it should have been for the Michigan game against the, the, the Buckeyes, right? It was a dominating offensive line and a downhill running game against a defense that, although had sort of steadied the ship earlier this year, they weren't they weren't up to snuff. And I know we don't want to go into Buckeyes and, and, and Buckeyes in Michigan all it. day long. But we can talk about it. But I think that that was a, a good win. We got Jay Spence poking his eyes in here. Jay Spence <laughs> with the eye emoji in here. Jay, you should have seen... You should have seen the intro, man. I hope you were here for the intro. I, I came, it. I Killed came up it. with an intro line while the thing was type counting down from thirty. I was like, "Wait a second! I don't have an intro line. I, was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I had to come up with something off the top of my head. It was, it was, it was pretty good. Not gonna lie. Well, well, first of all, Bruce, you're the ultimate professional when it comes to those kind of things. So we all had no doubt that you were you were going to kill it. But back to the Michigan Ohio State thing because we're we're you know you're running the show tonight and I'm here, so I, we could talk about this. For we we're waiting on Kristen again to our Bills talk, so you guys just calm down over there. Um, but the whole I want to know why that comment by Harbaugh. Why did that frustrate you? Um, well, the, well, the comment that I'm referring to is the comment from Harbaugh saying that some people are born on third and think they hit a triple, right? Right. And it was clearly a crack at, of course, Ryan Day. And mm -hmm. if Ryan Day had had said something or had done something that would indicate that he felt like he had hit a triple and that he did not inherit a good program, then that would be reasonable. If Ryan Day had said something along the lines of, you know, we built this thing from the ground up and you're rolling your eyes going, no, you didn't, Ryan Day. You didn't build it from the ground up. What are you talking about? If he had said something or done something to indicate that somehow that was part of his psyche, if he had done something to indicate that he thought he was, he hit a triple, then okay, by all means, then you're responding to something that Ryan Day said. You're basically clapping back at a, what you believe to be a an ignorant statement from Ryan Day, but that's never happened. So he's literally just creating something out of thin air. It's almost like there's always a guy on Twitter. There's always a dude on Twitter who is arguing against nothing. Have you seen right. this guy? There's always a dude yeah. who will quote something and say, man, I was told Stefan, you know, Stefan Diggs couldn't catch. Like what? Who told you? No one told you that. You're literally just creating something out of thin air at this point to rail against. Oh man, I was told Steph Curry couldn't shoot. What? Who told you that? You're literally just creating villains to be mad at now. And that's kind of how I felt when I heard that from Jim Harbaugh. But like, you're just creating villains at this point. You're so just, you're, you're inventing a villain to get mad at. So, okay. So now you got to hear it from a Michigan fan's point of view. Okay. Ohio State, they, I mean, you know, the rivalry, they, they, they talk crap. It don't matter who's coaching. I mean, they just talk crap all year. It don't matter who it is. I mean, that's just the nature of it. Ohio State and Michigan is the biggest rivalry in college sports, and, and it's not even close, really. Um, so they 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 both talk a lot of smack. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, Ryan Day did inherit a Ferrari or whatever you want to call it. Ohio State's that good of a program. Uh, but Michigan, I mean, they they haven't been able to beat Ohio State since 2011. You know, they, there's a lot of uh, – there's a lot of pain, just speaking for myself, that I've gone through year in and year out. Right. So, you know, I didn't think those comments were were outlandish. I mean, Ryan Day said last year that, you know, they want to hang a, a hundred on Michigan and they do want to hang a hundred. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's the nature of, you know, I didn't think it was out. I didn't think it was a crazy statement. It is what it is. And it just fuels the best rivalry in college sports again.
you know. So Ohio State is going to have their say next year. They're 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 stacked. You know, Stroud is he's going to be back, and you know, Quinn Ewers is gone. I mean, he should have went to the transfer portal <laughs> week one, if you ask me. Um, but it's going to be fun, man. And you know, I'll be here, Bruce, to to, to give you crap. I can brag for at least a year <laughs> and good fun. I'm good with it. I'm you know, it's because, you know, I love you. You love me. It's it, we're good. We're not, we don't get crazy over it. Right. No, so no, no. so we keep it in good fun. But two great teams, two great programs. I'm excited about the future. Now it's a rivalry again because it wasn't a rivalry for the past 17 years. So um, but speaking of rivalries, Bruce, I and Chris is not here yet. So let's talk about this rivalry this weekend. Like this is look. Even last night, going out to dinner, I see Patriots fans, and, and I'm in Colorado, man. These people are walking out bold and proud. I got friends who are Patriots who, who text me all kinds of junk, talking crap about Mac Jones is better than Josh Allen. And I, I'm like, on what world is Mac Jones better than Josh Allen? I just, I just, I'm, I'm, I am a, I am an alien. I'm not of this world. So, what, what are your initial thoughts on this game, real quick? You know, I think the word rivalry is always really fun. And I think that's a, a pretty good connection between Ohio State, Michigan and Buffalo, New England. And I think that one of the things that I think is funny is that a lot of people take the stance that you just took, which is it can't be a rivalry if one team beats the other team all the time, right? That can't be a rivalry. And I, I have a thought because somebody asked me that before the Ohio State, Michigan game. They said, is it really a rivalry? And I said, yes. It's a rivalry. And they said, well, how come Michigan never wins? I said, the teams don't get to decide if it's a rivalry. The fans do. The fan animosity. We're going to call it fanimosity from here on in. Okay. I like that. Is that a, that is like a Bruce that. term a that I just coined for the purposes of this discussion. The fanimosity is what makes it a rivalry. If I hate you and you hate me and there's a certain level of energy that goes into every single game, it's a rivalry. It doesn't matter if Buffalo or New England has won 40 million times in a row, a thousand and nothing. It's the thing that makes it a rivalry is not the competitiveness. The things that makes it a rivalry is the fanimosity. True and I think that as long as there is a level of energy whether it's positive or negative coming associated with this game, you saw the WEEI people in Boston radio taking cracks at WGR people. We have their radio people taking cracks at our radio people. That is how embedded the emotion associated with this game is. And that's all I need for it to be a rivalry. I don't need the bills to beat the New England Patriots 37 times in a row or lose 37 times in a row. It is the animosity it is the fanimosity that makes it a rivalry. So the way I feel about this game coming in is that it's always going to be a rivalry. However, I will admit that this game feels different because it's not for all the tea in China, but it's for some of the tea in China, right? It's for a lot of marbles, not all the marbles, but a lot of the marbles because it's for AFC East lead and the Patriots are competitive this year. Now this is a measuring stick game for the bills. We all know this. I believe in measuring stick games, but here's what we don't need to talk about, but we probably are going to anyway. It's a measuring stick game for the Patriots too. The Patriots have one reasonable win one 
and it's over the Chargers. Yeah. One. So if I was a Patriots fan, yeah, I'd feel confident, but this is a measuring stick game for them as well. So I think that that's what makes this so great. The reason why the energy is so great is because Bills fans are looking at this like a measuring stick game. Patriots fans, whether they want to admit it or not, are also looking at this as a measuring stick game. And that's what takes the fanimosity up, and that's what takes the rivalry up. Uh, that's uh, that's very true. So the fanimosity aspect of it, okay? So I was having a conversation with someone on Twitter recently about uh, having the mentality of the hunter versus the hunted. Now, we saw a Bills team go 13-3 and last year. You know, we see them, they're seven and four right now, right? And, you know, they, just like every other NFL team that have losses against teams that you're like, what, how, why? And so with that being said, I made a comment about having the, you know, the mentality of being the hunted, it's something that um, you have to gain. Like you have to gain the confidence of taking everyone's best shot. And I don't think the Bills are in a place where they are comfortable taking everyone's best shot. It seems like in order for the Bills team to win or to to, to play their best, they need, it's like sometimes they need everything to happen exactly the way it's supposed to happen or the exact way we need the defense to be firing. We need Josh Allen to be doing what he's supposed to be doing. And we, you know, offensive line has to, you know, and we can, we can go on and, and make these narratives and draw these conclusions and so forth. So in your mind, I want to know, what do you think about that? Because do you think having that killer instinct, that mentality of, you know, it's one thing when you have the underdog and the chip on your shoulder. And I think the Bills do that very well. And, and I think they're going to come in this game this this week. I think they, I think they have that just because all the hoopla and the and the, the fandom, the fanimosity that the New England Patriots have been getting. So, Bruce, what are your thoughts on that concept? I think motivation is easier to come by from the underdog mentality. And I think that the true test of a team comes from the ability to handle expectations and be able to generate motivation that doesn't come from low hanging fruit. Cause let, let's be honest as a leader, the, they don't believe in you. That is low hanging fruit. It easy. is easy. It is so easy. It is so easy. Sean McDermott would call it internal messaging. He would throw it up on the flat screens in the locker room. If there was even the slightest little discussion about, well, you know, Josh Allen was a good quarterback, but you know, he, he, we think he can be had. That was it. That was all that would be necessary for him to plaster that all over the locker room and say, look, they don't believe in us. Right. Look, they don't believe in us. And it's easy. That is an easy and low-hanging fruit when it comes to leadership. Leadership finding a way to be able to motivate people and find internal motivation within yourself when you're not the underdog is harder. And so it's the next step in the evolution of this team under Sean McDermott. Because last year, they could play that card all they wanted. They could play it all they wanted because they still had the tape and the sound bites from the year before. Now, they don't. Now you have multiple people picking you to be a Super Bowl team coming into this year. It's a lot harder to find a national media member or somebody you would care about their opinion when it comes to using them for motivation. 
That's just not going to be easy to come by, which means you got to find it somewhere else. It's got to come from inside because you can't get it externally motivated. You can't get that chip on your shoulder because unless you're Michael Jordan, you can't really hang on to that forever. There are unique psychotic individuals who can hang on to the slightest slight until the end of time. Mm -hmm. But you can't expect everybody to be that person. So at some point, the motivation has to come from inside instead of externally. And I think that's the next step, not just associated with this team, but associated for all good teams in general. They got to learn how to play from ahead, right? They have to learn how to motivate without somebody else being the source of their motivation. Can you keep the fire burning if there's not another person driving by every once in a while pouring gasoline on it? So I think it matters. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things that it just doesn't happen in an off season. I mean, this is a, you know, you know, we got to keep in mind that this is a young Bills team. Uh, you know, we have our veterans and so forth, but it's a it's one of those things that's learned over time. You have to be in a winning position, first of all, to develop that mindset. I mean, we look at, you know, my 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 comeback in that conversation was look, go, go look at some dynasty teams, you know, the Bulls, right? In the 90s. They, you know, Jordan is. I mean, we know he's the greatest of all time and people can argue that, but it really didn't happen until he got guys like Tony Kukoc and, and it, you know, Dennis Rodman. I mean, uh, he, Dennis Rodman came later, Scottie Pippen. It didn't come until you had other players. And this is one of the things that I love about Brandon Bean is that he brings guys in that have that dog mentality that they share in, the, in kind of the, some of the same attributes, guys who are hungry. But again, with that mentality, being young players, being unproven a lot of time, you have to develop that trait. And it's not just an individual trait. It's it's a team trait. And I think McDermott has a long way to go in terms of that. Right. Um, we, we see when the chips are down. I'm not I'm not knocking Sean McDermott's coaching ability, but sometimes he gets a little conservative. Um, and sometimes we saw in Tennessee where he's like, you know, I'm going to trust my guys in fourth and one, you know, so. It's one of those things that I think as fans, we have to be, we have to start getting used to being the hunted. The Patriots did it. Tom Brady. Tom Brady is, you know, we, we, he's a goat when it comes to playing a quarterback position. But every time you hear them win a Super Bowl, whether it's with the Patriots or with Tampa, he's talking about nobody believed in us. And we all sit back and we're like, what the hell is he talking about? Because as a leader, it's, you know, leadership trickles down a lot of times. And so it's the mindset that he's pumping into his guys that's saying, you know, don't believe, don't believe the hype. You know, nobody believes that we could do this kind of thing. And the bills have to get to that place. So where they have that, okay, not, they got the dog mentality, but they got to have that, that finishing move. You you ever play Mortal Kombat? Oh yeah. Bruce, you, you know what I'm saying? Right. So like, I'm a sub zero guy. Okay. And, and I would love, you know, when, when the finish him comes up and then you hit him with the freeze and then boom, right. With the, with the whole spine in the head and all that, knock the block off. That's what the bills have to do next. So I don't think they're going to get it this season. I just don't. I mean, this is this NFL season has proven to be kind of crazy. So we don't know what's going to happen, but I think it's one of those things that they have to continue to learn and develop and get better on. <laughs> Richard Forbes says, finish him. Absolutely. Finish him. Um, so yeah, that those are, that's my take on that. Yeah, Sterling, I'm old, man. I was playing the Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat 2 in the arcades, man, with my quarters. I'm old. Yes. This this you know, I was making sure that I I brought, you know, made sure my hands were nice and nice and clammy when I got up there. So I'd use the other person's joystick first so that his hands would slip. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was, I'll, I'll, you got to do all. You got to do what you got to do to make it happen. So we got some questions from the comment section here. Johnny says, "Can Dane Jackson play?" Okay. Ooh, I like this. Now, can we? Can, now, this is a loaded question. Can he play? Yes, he can play. The degree to which he can play, I think, is the question. And I think what you're going to likely see from Dane Jackson is, I think that you're going to continue to see aggression at the catch point and in the run game, because that's what we know we've seen from Dane Jackson. You've Mm -hmm. seen aggression from Dane Jackson. Now it's really important that we understand that Dane Jackson is roughly similar athletically to Levi Wallace. Very. You're not going to see a markedly different athlete. So instead of having one substandard athlete at the cornerback position, you're going to have two. Now I do think Dane Jackson is probably going to be a little more aggressive than Levi Wallace, but given the fact that Levi Wallace has been in the system more, I think you might see more discipline from Levi Wallace. So take Levi Wallace, take away a little bit of discipline, add a little bit of aggression, and that's what I think you're probably going to see from Dane Jackson. I think there's a very reasonable chance you see a lot of the same deficiencies you see from Levi Wallace, which is that you know if you ask him to run with somebody in man coverage, that's probably not very good. And if you ask him to consistently avoid getting bodied up, by bigger, stronger receivers, I think that's going to be a problem. Now, the good news is I don't think New England has any physically dominating wide receivers who are going to be problematic the way that like a Devontae Parker or a Jalen Waddle would be. You need exceptional speed or exceptional size to be able to counter players like Levi Wallace and Dane Jackson. So I actually agree with Zach in the comment section who says, I think Tampa will be a true test for Dane. I'm not saying this won't be a test for Dane Jackson. It absolutely will. But Tampa with Mike Evans and Antonio Brown's not going to be there, but Chris Godwin, you're going to have players who have unique physical attributes. No matter what Dane Jackson looks like this week, I will still be more worried about next week. Yeah. um, And one of the key elements that you bring up, you know, where, where, uh, Dane Jackson excels more better than Trey White is, is, you know, how he's able to press the run, uh, his, you know, his ability to to come up and not be afraid to tackle. I'm not saying Trey is, but tackling isn't Trey's thing. But, you know, he, he he'll go in there and he'll stick his head in there, you know, and support the run. So that's one thing that I think we'll see some improvements of. But he's going to get burned. I mean, you, you have to kind of um, get you get used to that now. I think he's going to get burned. But and you're going to see you know, from a different, uh, from a schematic point of view, you're going to see the bills be play more of a true Tampa two 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 high safety look, right. You know, they're going to have, you know, I, I don't think you're going to be able to, to slide, uh, you know, Jordan Poirier, Micah Hyde up in the box as much as they were able to, because, you know, Trey white can handle a guy man to man. I don't think, you know, you know, I don't think Dane Jackson's like you alluded to Dane Jackson's not going to be able to go man to man, you know, but I think they're going to, you know, all the time. I think they're going to, we're going to see some of that. I think McDermott is going to try to see what he has out there. Uh, but I expect for this, this week, you know, they, they keep it close. Um, now, if we see the Patriots go into, you know, you know, two tight ends, one running back, you know, we're, we're going to see how that kind of changes the game a little bit. Um, but Dane Jackson's going to be able to, I think he's going to be able to, anti- he, he's good at anticipating routes at the, at the stem, you know, I think he he'll be able to do that, and I think he'll he'll probably be a little bit aggressive, maybe get a couple picks, you know, between now and the end of the season. Um, but there's going to be some blunders for sure. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ladies and gentlemen, we have stalled long enough. We stalled everything we possibly could to make sure we gave an opportunity for the one, the only, Kristen Kimmick to join us on the chop up. Thanks so much for being here. I appreciate it. Hey guys, how are you? Can you hear me okay? We can yeah, hear we can you. hear you and everybody else. That's yes. all. Yes. Yes. All right, let me um, let me find let me find a place to go. No, you're good. Stay there. You're good. Yeah, we'll travel with you. It's fine. We'll we'll stay with you. We'll we'll hear the background. It'll be a party. It's just kind of a party atmosphere here on Saturday night. I'm going to see if I can find somewhere else to go. I'm sorry about that. Oh, I love the traveling. The traveling is perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are not fortunate enough to be watching this live, we are going on a journey right now. We are literally being taken on a journey that involves lots of lag (laughs) because her computer just locked up. This is the joy of live shows, ladies and gentlemen, is that you (laughs) have to think. Think on your feet. You got to be able to think on your feet. But while we are waiting for Ms. Kimmick to be able to find a better location, I want to ask you something. Sterls for the girls. I need to know about pregame rituals. I need to know if there is a scenario where you would alter what you historically do. Now, you know me from my time on social media. I am not a superstitious gentleman. In fact, I'm not even a little stitious, gentlemen. I find it to be ridiculous. However, I acknowledge and accept other people's desires to want to have pregame rituals. My pregame rituals are sitting down and watching the game. That's it. That is it. That's all I do. I don't do anything else. I don't say anything else. It's just me, the dogs, the wife, maybe some nervous pacing. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> pregame rituals, let's start with you, Sterles. What do you got as far as pregame rituals? Well, you know, I uh, I just want to say, uh, you know, I, I, I like to wear Wranglers uh, at home <laughs> <laughs> on the couch. <laughs> no, man. Uh, you know, mine, it always goes back to music. Like, it's it's one of those things that I used uh, when I was playing ball. You know, I always have to have a good soundtrack going before the game, uh, a shot or two. You know, you know, we have uh, our Bills Backers bar. We meet down in uh, downtown Denver. We have a pregame shot. Okay. We have a a, a, a third quarter shot. I mean, that's just what we do. Um, but yeah, it, it, it has to be shots of music. Now, this Monday night's going to be different because I'll be at work. Okay. Before the game starts. So I can't drink on the job. So I'm going to have to like, Figure it out, man. The music's going to be there, but the shot, it might have to come like right before kickoff. 
life finds a way, Sterls. Life finds a way. You can't or you won't, okay? Which one is it? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I am not advocating drinking at work strongly. Anyway, Kimmick, I, I got to hear from you here. Okay, pregame rituals. Is it a scenario where are you superstitious? Are you a little stitious? Are you semi-stitious? What, what's the deal there? Um, little stitious. I, uh, well, I'm usually at the games to be honest. Um, so I mean, I, unless they're away games, which away games, I will just do the cat, the same thing as thrills. I am on my couch. I'm doing a shot. I'm good to go at the games is a little bit different. So all those home games that we go to actually, my friends and I have a thing where we stand in a circle with our car keys in our hands prior to the game. And we shake our car keys and one by one, we go around the circle saying what we think our key to the game is going to be. Then we also, after we finish our key to the game, we throw a shot and the next person goes. So that's kind of actually my favorite one, but that has to be done at a tailgate. That's not a, that's not one that we do at, you know, at home or away games. This is something that people who have friends do. So I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about it. So I, I appreciate this. It's a completely foreign concept to me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you were following me at all on Twitter today, you will know that I have recently been made aware of some sociopathic behavior that apparently Sterling also has. But Kimmick's on my side when it comes to this. Ladies and gentlemen, in the comment section, there are human beings out there who wear jeans around their house just to lounge around in all day long. And I don't understand this. I was made aware of this concept and I almost feel like I'm speaking a different language now. I don't know these people. I feel like we're more divided as a country than we've ever been in our history. And this is not going to help. Quite frankly, the jeans loungers are going to destroy this country. And Sterling, I hold you personally responsible, but apparently you're one of those people. I had people. to do it. Well, see, hold on. So hold on. No. Hold no, on. You're hold a on. monster. You're, I don't need to hear anything. You're a monster. I got I to gotta, I gotta explain myself. First of all, when it comes to fashion, I, I, can, I, can, get it, I can get it down, bro. I, so I might be rocking some jeans. Right now I'm wearing some joggers, right? I'm wearing some joggers, got my jersey on. But it's kind of like those one of those things where, okay, so you're a jeans guy. Like you're anti-jeans in the house. So, like, I'm an anti-mouth breather person. Anti-mouth breather. Yeah. Okay, but those are two completely different it's things. It's not. Dude. It's not. It, he oh, wait, let me look, look, Listen, he, I understand fashion, but tell me that you sit at home on your couch wearing jeans. And tell me that those aren't jeggings. Okay. Jeggings? Jeggings? Yeah, jean, jean leggings. leggings. <laughs> See? Bruce uh, knows I, what's up. I, I, I know what's up. <laughs> I'm married, dude. I know all about this stuff. There was a battle of the sexes trivia question at one point, and I won. Let me just tell you, I won the battle of the sexes trivia game with the question of what is a control top, and I was like, "Boom, pantyhose! What's up now?" <laughs> Nailed Bruce, it. I knew wow. I loved you. I knew I loved wow. you. Nailed it. Bruce. I literally dropped the drink and just walked off with my hands spread out, walking really slowly. In my mind, I was putting on sunglasses, and there was an explosion behind me because. <laughs> That's what you get when you've been married as long as I have. You know stuff, man. You know stuff. Well, what checkings are. Well, I'm not married, and I don't know. I guess I don't know shit. <laughs> Sterles for the girls wearing jeans all day long. <laughs> I do sometimes, man. I'm out. You know, my jeans are comfortable anyway. So, like, yo, know, sometimes I just be sitting there, and be like, damn, like I look good today. Like I ain't taking this off. You know, I'm still feeling myself. That's just how I be sometimes. I will okay. say that I, 
Apparently, I will say, like, I have, you know, we got to roll in and like, listen, if you don't live the life where you walk in from work and you just take your pants off, I feel mm. sorry for you. Absolutely. I feel sorry for you. <laughs> listen, listen, I, I, I get it. Listen, you know what? If you're a girl and you come home from work for the day and that bra is not off, it's the exact same way. If you're a guy, yeah, you come it. home and you're wearing dress pants, you're wearing jeans. Those things are off. I am in my joggers. I am in my sweatpants. I'm in basketball shorts. I'm doing what needs to be done because I'm going to be comfy on that couch. And Marcel Louis Jacques came into my comments was like, man, you need new jeans. I said, man, you need new sweatpants. There is no <laughs> jeans in the world that are going to top my sweatpants. No jeans in the world that yeah. top my sweatpants. But you know what? Sometimes adjustments need to be made. Okay. Sometimes you got to make adjustments on the fly. You got to change your pants. Other times you got to make a strategy adjustment because of the weather. And the weather has been a huge topic of conversation for the Bills Patriots game. Initially in the week, it was more about strategy. It was more about the game. Now, as you get closer and you start to get weather reports and associated with wind, I want to ask you one at a time. I'm going to start with Kimmick. I want to know. If you end up getting 40 to 50 mile an hour wins, do you view this as a positive because you're confident that Josh Allen can throw through wind and Mac Jones can't? Or do you view it as a negative because it minimizes the things that the Buffalo Bills do well while not minimizing the things that the New England Patriots do well? How do you view it? That's a tough one. Um, and I'll tell you the reason that it's a tough one is because this entire time I have been Pro no dome. And I'm going to eat my words right now because yes. I heard Josh Allen say in a presser earlier this week, actually, he didn't say anything. And that was the telltale sign, right? Is that earlier this week, Josh Allen was asked if he would prefer a dome and he refused to comment. And that to me was enough of a sign that I don't want to try. Build a damn dome. <laughs> Build a dome. Guess who's here? So well, okay. <laughs> they said, well, okay. Um, I just, I've always, I, I mean, I grew up in Buffalo, right? I, I thrive in those games personally as a fan. The snowball game was the best day of my life. It really was. I, I had so much fun that day. I don't want to walk away from that part of Bill's football. I think that's what something that makes us really unique. However, Josh Allen having to throw towards a tornado is not something I want to see, especially after hearing, you know, that presser where he said that he would didn't say that he wouldn't want a dome. Um, and so I, I have now kind of flipped to the other side where if the king wants a dome, then I want a dome too, so that he doesn't have to deal with this. And I do think that it is going to be an issue, but it will be more of an issue for Mac Jones than it will be an issue for, um, you know, for Josh Allen. Sterling, how you come down on this side? Do you think it, look at the wind and go, yes, excellent. This is all part of our master plan. Are you rubbing your hands together like, I don't know, Montgomery Burns with Mr. Smithers <laughs> next to you going, uh, yeah, sorry, I came to the building. You know, <laughs> excellent, good. Or, or are you like, gone it. This minimizes the things that the Bills do well. Where do you fall on this? Well, first of all, it ain't my money. <laughs> like, I ain't the one paying for it. I don't live in Buffalo. My tax dollars ain't going to it. If I had to pick, though, man, I'd say give me a dome because I want to come visit in the winter. And look, man, I'm black. Like, we weren't built for that all that cold. We're not Eskimo people. Like, we're close to the equator kind of people. So I can't be out there in the cold, man. Look, I was there maybe three three seasons ago, okay? 
and when the Redskins or the Washington football team came to town and it was brutally cold, it was a, a November game. I was cold as hell. I, I just couldn't handle it. Like I would much rather a dome. I mean, you get those December games in a dome will be fantastic. More people could come and not be miserable. Um, but in terms of a, a, a schematic point of view, can't, Instead of that, can can we just get better play on the offensive and defensive line? Like, give me that all day long. Like, I don't care if it's in a dome. I don't care if it's not in a dome. I just want to see better trench play. Um, but it ain't my money, like I said, so I don't really care. Honestly, I don't. Can we rewind to the place where you said that you don't like the cold? Says the man that lives in Denver, Colorado. It's colder there <laughs> where you are. Look, we have we don't have any humidity really. So when it snows here, I wear a hoodie, like, and it melts the next day. So little misnomer about Denver, y'all better come check it out. Mm. I, I love Denver. To visit. I'm coming. I to love visit. Denver by all means. Also, let me just say right now, Mountain Time is the goat football watching time zone. In fact, it's the goat television watching time zone. Mountain Time is the best time zone in America, and it's not close. I will fight all onlookers. It, those it of us, those of us who are in time zones that aren't ideal, either they're too early or they're too late, or they conflict with other events you've got going on, or they conflict with work. I've lived all over the country. Mountain Time is the best TV watching time, and so for that alone, I am jealous and upset about what you have to say. However, I am going to also triple down on Dome. And the reason I triple down on Dome is, number one, first off, it should be noted, I don't go to games. Okay? So I live in, I'm close enough where I could go to a game if I wanted to. If I wanted to go to a game, I could do it. It's a drive. It's a significant drive. But I could do it. Right? I am in, I am within a day's worth, right? I, there's, there's FBI for you. I am within 24 hours drive of Buffalo, New York. But the last time I went to a game with my wife, my wife stepped in a puddle on her way into the stadium to start the game. We thought she was going to lose a toe by the time she was done with the game. We go, yeah, we take off the shoe, take off the sock, make sure you don't have to amputate. I had my pliers ready to go in the back of the car in the event we had to lose a toe. We were ready. <laughs> I was gonna have her, I was gonna have her bite down on a tongue depressor, the whole thing. It was gonna be like the long dark up in here. You know, it was gonna be all sorts of crazy. But that right there is my number one argument is that I just want to be able to enjoy it year-round. I go in September and I got sunburned and I go in December and I got frostbite. I'm just yeah. not interested. It's just, I, I don't really have a strategic advantage because the truth of the matter is when it comes to a dome, 80% of this team isn't going to be on the team when the exactly. roster is built. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't, I don't really care from a strategic standpoint. It just makes it more fun to go more often. And I'm not, just like I don't apologize for wanting to be comfortable in my sweatpants, I'm not going to apologize for wanting to be comfortable in a dome. But not, okay, hold on. Hold <laughs> no, on, go Bruce. Ahead. I have to defend my pride here. First of all, somebody in the, in the comments are like saying, Sterles is soft. And, uh, you know, I'm speaking in third person, which I never do. But if you know, you know, Sterles ain't soft. As a matter of fact, I'm going to don myself the boogeyman of Bill's Mafia. So if you know, you know what that means. Like, don't play with me. Don't come for me on that. Like, I don't play. Kristen knows. Jay Spence knows. I don't play. Like, I'll check you in two seconds, bro. Anyways, um, back to that. You know, to, you know put the kids to bed, rock them. Uh, but anyway, Bruce, continue on. I just had to get that off my chest real quick. You know what? I understand. You got to do what you got to do. 
Sometimes you got to respond to the comment section too. I was on uh, not too long ago and there was a Ravens fan who decided he was going to talk some crap in the comment section here. And I said, listen, dude, the only reason you're here is because your content creators aren't good enough to have a show. <laughs> I said, you're, you're up in here because you don't have any better place to be. And he was like, oh, crap. It was, <laughs> it, it was a thing that actually happened. So here, here's what I want to know. Yeah. Coming into this game, one of the things that is absent the weather, the strategic part of this game is Macker the running game. The New England running game is reasonable. It is reasonable. I think they overstate how good the New England running game has been so far this year. It's reasonable. When you look at Mac Jones this year, you say he's been reasonable. So when I look at both sides of this team, I think reasonable. Now, the weather could have an impact on this, but you got to pick your poison. You got to let Mac Jones beat you, or you got to let the running game beat you. You know that the New England offensive line is good. And the last time the Buffalo Bills faced a really good run blocking offensive line, I don't think it went overly well. I don't know. Let's ask Jonathan Taylor. Now, he did help me win my fantasy league that week. So that was nice. But I did not enjoy seeing him rack up 50 points unless I opened my fantasy roster. Then I was cool about it. But when I was looking at my TV, I was a little bit less cool about it. So let me ask you, if you're the Buffalo Bills right now and you got to pick your poison, are you letting Mac throw the ball and piece you apart and have to deal with the endless narrative that's going to come out of that game? If the Patriots win and you picked Mac and he played well, the week after that is going to be nothing but is Mac the new better quarterback in the AFC East? Are you going to deal with that or are you going to deal with the Bills are soft and got blown up in the run game? Because those are your potential two downsides if it goes poorly. Which are you going to go? Sterling, let's start with you. So I would have to say, man, uh, first of all, the Patriots, they only they average 4.1 yards a carry. So it's not like this is a run team, run game that's just, you know, you just can't handle. I mean, go look at go look at the Eagles right now. I mean, they're they're killing on the ground. You know, they got three backs that are doing dirty. But um, but as far as the Patriots, man. I think this is great because it gives the Bills an opportunity to narrow down and focus on one aspect of it, right? Um, I think Mac Jones is successful because, you know, it, it, everything comes off of, of their run game. Mac Jones is one of the guys he wants to get the ball out quick. He, he he loves to throw the short intermediate. And, you know, if he's not throwing deep, I don't really think that um, his passes are going to be – nothing's really going to happen. I mean, we've seen what the, the swirling winds in that bowl in that stadium does when you try to throw the ball deeper or, or down the field. And Josh Allen has no issue with that. So I want to take away the run game. I think, you know, we talk about busting a narrative, you know, of the Bills being soft or what have you. It doesn't matter what side you're on. The fact of the matter is they got to line up on Monday night. And we need to see the Bills show some fight in the trenches on the offensive and defensive line. Uh, and if they can do that, they're going to win the game. There's no doubt about it. So um, I, New England running game, give it to me. Uh, let's let's see what the Bills could do in that area. Kimmick, what do you think? I'm actually along with uh, I'm along with you, Strills, on this one. I don't agree with your genes, but I'm with you on this one. And and the reason <laughs> <laughs> the reason I'm behind you on this one is I think it was um I think it was Sale posted a graphic earlier this week that actually showed the consistency of of Max passing game, and he is more about that short ball. And I think that I, I was looking at it, and all that went through my mind was like. Let's see that long ball from you, boy. Let's make this the you know, the Poyer and the Poyer and Hyde show, right? So I um I would rather be faced with their run game, uh, or I'm sorry, with the, with their passing game because I don't think their passing game is going to be good. Physicality is something both of you have brought up. 
And I want to talk a little bit about Feliciano and Spencer Brown being back. And I want to, I want to ask you if there's a chance that the soft narrative that kind of started to percolate a little bit with this Buffalo Bills team as it relates to the Indianapolis Colts game, does that change with Feliciano and Spencer Brown back? Because I think that there's a level of energy. There's a level of physicality. There's a level of violence that comes along from the insertion of those two people back into the lineup. I don't think the exact same thing is true with Starla Tule on the defensive line, but specifically with the offensive line, John Feliciano is known as being someone who brings that. Now, we can have a completely different discussion about his effectiveness as a pass blocker, but as far as in the run game, physicality, I think that there's no question he has historically brought it. The clips have come around the interwebs of Spencer Brown decapitating defensive backs, pulling out in space. That's been well-established. And I think that there's a chance that the insertion of the two of them into the offensive line could impact the narrative about physicality in this team. Am I crazy? Is it really two people? Can two people really have a significant enough effect to change the narrative associated with the team? Because I think they can, but I'm not sure. Kristen, I I, want to hear from you on this because there's a vibe out there that I'm just, I'm not really good at getting my thumb on it. I just never really have. I think I'm just not, I'm not wired correctly to be able to pick up the feels. As we all know, I'm I'm mostly robot at this point anyway. But <laughs> to me, the insertion of Feliciano and Spencer Brown can you guys a hear me? To change I that. just yes. I actually just lost you. So I heard you say, Kristen, I want to hear from you, and then I heard nothing about what you want to hear. Cool. From me. <laughs> I want to hear from you in regards to the insertion of Feliciano and Spencer Brown in the lineup, and whether or not you think that two people on their own can change the level of physicality that this team brings. That's a tough question, Bruce. Because <laughs> um, I don't want to say yes. And I'm going to say yes, but I don't want to say yes. And the reason I don't want to say yes is because Oh, Kimmick broke up a little bit. That's okay. That's okay. It's okay. You're back. Go ahead. Do it again. I think we are a very similar team before Spencer Brown. Um, I don't want to say that we are relying too much on him, but I think that recently we have been. So with that being said, yes, I think that that changes the major physicality of the game. Yes, I think that he is a major part of our, you know, part of our game and and we need him back. Um, And I think that we saw that when he was out. Whether that is something that I like to admit, is a totally different story because I don't think that it should be that way, but it is that way. That's a really good point. Sterling, what you got? I'm going to go. Yes. Big time. Big. Yes. Um, I think two qualities of a good offensive line. I'm not saying the bills have a good offensive line, but I think it takes continuity and cohesion. Right. And I, I think, you know, when you have Spencer Brown in there who, I mean, and I, and I mentioned this, you know, in the hoof uh, a little while ago, but when you have a guy like Spencer Brown, you know, we look at John Feliciano, right? And he when he was signed and so forth, it's like everything we wanted, you know, Spencer, what Spencer Brown is. That's that's what we wanted Feliciano to be. Like Spencer Brown sets the tone. I think he he gives um this offensive line, you know, confidence, you know, a boost of confidence, man. Because you when you see a guy next to you that's just he he's just go, you know, in a in a in a draft for dude just running around in like with a hot motor and just destroying people. 
that gives you confidence like, yo, I could do that too. And if he's doing that to that dude, I'm going to do this to this dude. And we're not talking about, you You mentioned physicality alone. We're not, so we're not talking about like technical prowess, right? So I think, you know, when it, the technicality of things, that's where Feliciano needs to improve. But when it comes to, to physicality, Feliciano brings that. So I think that's definitely going to help. I think that's going to allow Brita to be able to maybe run between the tackles or Singletary to run between the tackles a little bit, uh, not have to be so, fo- you know, focused on hitting the edges and so forth. So, yeah, physicality, I think those two are going to bring that on Monday. There is one thing I want to talk about before we wrap up with some stat predictions. And what I want to talk about is something that we were specifically waiting for Kristen to get here to talk about because I'm not qualified to talk about it. Sterling's <laughs> not qualified to talk about it, but we do have someone who is qualified to talk about it. And I don't know about you, but I'm kind of I'm kind of honored to be in the presence of someone who I saw on the news. I don't know about <laughs> y'all, but I may or may not have ever been on the news before. I'm not going to confirm or deny that because <laughs> FBI might be listening, but I'm with someone who was assuredly on the news for a good reason. And she was on there talking about the donations that Bill's Mafia has made to the food bank in Louisiana in Trey White's name for $27 a pop. Kristen, give me an update on this. For those of you who are not aware of this, this is something that originated from one of the babes on Facebook, right? Yeah. So actually during the new, so I was in new Orleans um, and all of a sudden, I mean, we, you know, we saw Trey go down and I'm sitting there in the sands like, no, 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 no. And uh, got a text message from Laura McKee, who's the vice president of the Bills Mafia Babes, who said, hey, um, you know, you can't hear the broadcast, but we can. It doesn't look great for Trey. We're going to try and do something here. And I said, let's go for it. So her, Leslie Willie, Angelina White, they all got to work um, while I was just out there enjoying the game. And they got to work um, finding who's oh, – did I break up again? There we no, are. you're good. Okay. Um, finding out, you know, what what – what charity that he he supports and endorses and it ended up being you know the the northwest uh louisiana food bank um and so they kind of started putting that on twitter and it it, it took off you know because i mean bills bills fans are bills fans are bills fans and it just takes one idea to get that that idea rolling which i'm so glad that we did what i can tell you which is kind of cool is that we are in constant contact now with the louisiana food bank and they updated us not last night or yeah it was last night i believe um, we are now up to $128,000, actually 120 and change. So it's close. It's closing in closer to $130,000 that Bill's fan. Okay. Now you broke up. <laughs> we were just waiting around for the breakup. And the important <laughs> thing is, the important thing is we got the number. Yeah. This is what this is what it is. Kristen came back. She, she just wanted a dramatic pause for the number. <laughs> she was like 128,000. Boom. Just dropped the mic. <laughs> That was a very strategically placed Wi-Fi breakup right there. Yeah, it wasn't, it was just for dramatic effect. You're back. Am I, I'm back. So wait, let me finish that then. It's $128,000. However, what they told us is every $1 equals $10 in their world. So what that actually means to them is I don't have my calculator on me, but it's like 1 million in like 28,000, yeah, $1,280,000 in food for them which is insane. And she was just telling us about how they were so depleted 
in that food bank, like majorly depleted in this food bank after Thanksgiving, which also we learned that Trey was just down there before Thanksgiving and passed out a thousand turkeys on behalf of this food bank. So it just kind of all came together. And, you know, that's his, that's where he grew up. You know, we've spoken with his mother, we've spoken with the community. Um, some of the members of his community actually joined the, the Facebook Bills Mafia Babes lockdown group, like the councilwoman from Shreveport found our group and joined that just so she could thank us. And, and like, when you do something that's that Am I down again? Oh, no, you're good. <laughs> okay. When when you do something that's that profound for a community, um, and it's you know, like I said, it's not just the babes. This was Bill's Mafia collectively as a whole, and and it's just really something that has drawn so much attention to our fan base in such a positive light. But we keep doing this again and again and again, right? And it's it just leaves me speechless every time because there are so many people out there that need things like this, and for our fan base to come together just without even thinking about it. And just being like, yeah, you know what? We're going to do this. And, and we do. And it helps so many people on the flip side. It's incredible. Chrissy, you know, the cool thing about mm -hmm. what what you've uh, helped do is that, first of all, that when you think about it, Bruce, you know about this, too. Like food banks, they hardly get any donations. Like it's mm -hmm. it's it's like blood from a rock. So, like, mm -hmm. don't let that hundred and thirty thousand dollars wash over you like that is major, like major. And this is coming from a, I, I'm a kid who grew up very poor. Like we depended on food banks and, and, and so forth to, to get by. Like it's major Louisiana, major that yeah. kind of that kind of work. And so my second thing is so so congrats to you and Bill's Mafia. I mean, you know, when you talk to other fans, like they they hear, oh yeah, you're a Bills fan. And the first thing they mention is like, yo, like it's not no longer it's the four Super Bowls you lost. It's now, mm -hmm. man, you guys do so much for other people. Like, that's so dope. Like. I can't, I can't hate on the bills. And that's the kind of stuff like football X's and O's great. It's fun. But like how you impact someone's life, that to me is more important than even the game of football. So, so congrats to you and, and to Thank the you. babes and everything that you guys are doing, man, keep it up. And uh, me and Bruce, we're over here, you know, Spence, <laughs> you know, we all, we all cheering you on. So man, keep doing your thing. And uh, we got your back 100%. I think it's important when we have moments like this that we not allow the regularity of them to rob us of the special. Yep. That goes along right. with this. So um as as you know, as Sterling mentioned, I have I have a, a food bank that is near and dear to my heart as well. But um, and if ever if anything bad ever happens to me, go to my profile, my pin tweet. That's that's the food bank that I want you guys to to donate to in my name. If I if I don't come home tomorrow, that's what that's what Bill's Mafia should do for me. But the no, it's it's a it's a scenario where I think that the fact that we continue to do this doesn't take away how special it is because mm -hmm. I think that what happens is we have these things and they become routine to us. They become routine and. For the mother and the, the son and the daughter who get an opportunity to have their lives impacted positively by the things that you decided to do out of the goodness of your heart, it's not routine to them. For the people who are living in the basement of the church and now they get an opportunity to be able to have a little bit more than they otherwise would have, it's not routine to them. So for us, we have a tendency to kind of block this stuff out because it becomes familiar to us. Right. But familiar is still special to an individual. And so I think that there's a, a really cool moment that we have here to grab a hold of it and to not let it just be something that happens on a Thursday. It's not just something that happens on a Tuesday. This is a special moment. It's a special day. And look, man, 
I got enough words muted on Twitter that I do a pretty good job of staying away from some of the negative stuff that shows up there. I don't watch the news for this reason, but even, even the, even the ability to get on social media and have a 24 hour news cycle in a day, it's over. You forgot about it. You moved on. Don't forget about it because this is something special. This is something awesome. And we should be really proud. And I'm, I'm proud to be part of it. I am really, really proud to be part of it. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to finish up with some stat predictions. And it's really hilarious because I don't predict things. This is not what I do. Okay. I don't like predicting things. It's not really what I do. I talk about stuff that's already happened, not stuff that's going to happen. So because of that, I'm going to stall and I'm going to let somebody else talk first. So hopefully I will have come out a way to weasel my way out of this by the time it gets back to me. So I want to hear some stat predictions. Kristen, you're up. All right. I'm going, um, let's go, uh, 21, 17 bills. I want to see 280 yards out of Josh Allen. Let's take in the weather on that one. I usually am like 300 yards, Josh Allen. No, we're going to go like 280 on this one. Um, and I do think that he, Josh Allen himself, hot take is going to have one rushing touchdown. Okay. Okay. Sterling, what you got? Oh man. Uh, I'm going to go 27, 17 bills. Uh, you know, I, I expect Josh to have a stat line of, you know, he's going to go 22 of 31 and, 260 two touchdowns um you know i don't i don't think we i think we'll probably get 120 yards rushing uh i think Mac's gonna throw an interception to i think tremaine Edmonds is gonna get a pick this week okay and i think ed oliver is gonna get another sack so uh those are my bold predictions all right i'm gonna go 17 14 bills that's my boring hot, my, hot, my, my hot take of the week is going to be josh allen's under 200 yards passing because they're not going to throw as much. I think it's going to be, you guys remember the, the, the Bills Patriots first game from last year where it was a lot, a lot of heavy running. I think yeah. we might see it again. Um, my hot take for the week is going to be that Matt Breida has a hundred yard game rushing the ball. Ooh, that is going to be my hot okay. take because I think it only takes one or two big ones with bad footing and bad weather to be able to get something happen. I think straight line speed matters a lot more in bad footing because you can get angles that you wouldn't otherwise be able to correct for if you're if you're a defender. You know, if you're a defender and you're trying to cut off angles, right? You, we, we, all, we all did this when we were kids and we were playing peewee football. You'd play, you'd play the angles, right? You'd have the cones set up on the side of the, maybe I'm just talking to nobody, I don't know, but you have the cones set up on the 10, the 20, and the 30, and you try and understand angles. So you'd have somebody running, try to cut them off the 10, yeah. cut them off the 20, cut them off the 30. Those angles get really messy really fast in bad footing because you don't lack those little minute details to be able to correct. And so sometimes straight line speed can get the best of you in scenarios like that. So my hot takes are 100 yards rushing on, you know, I don't know, let's go 12 carries, 13 carries, because he breaks a big one. And Josh Allen has under 200 yards passing. Bills win 17-14. Yes, yeah, Zach says, I thought I was being bold. You know what? The way I figure it is, I don't really do predictions. I'm just going to go ahead and throw it at a wall, see what sticks. Let's be <laughs> honest. I, I take enough L's on my show anyway that I'm completely cool doing it. So it's just part of it. Ladies and gentlemen, we did it. We did the thing. We came, we saw, we conquered, we chopped. For Kristen Kimmick, for Sterling Furrow, 
I am Bruce Nolan. Make sure that everyone knows where they can find you. Sterling, start with you. Where can they find you? This is a cross-network show, so make sure you're plugging. At Cover One Network is where you can find me. Uh, I do the show on Tuesday nights, the Hoof Podcast Live with my guys, uh, Anthony Romeo and Eric Brown. But uh, my work is going to be gearing up. I mean, I've been doing a lot of draft prep, so this is where I love – this is my season now. Like it's draft time. So get at me, Bruce. You know, we got lots to talk about uh, for this off season, but yeah. So find me at cover one network and uh, I- I'm happy to be a part of the chop up crew. Okay. Gun. Uh, you can find me at, at bills, mafia babes. Um, and then my actual, my mine is uh, at Kimmick 86. <laughs> so you can find well, me on both of those. Find everyone on both. Follow engage tweet comment click all the engagement buttons press all the things you need to press to make sure you're spending as much time as humanly possible with Kristen and sterling in addition to this show thank you so much for being here ladies and gentlemen thank you for your engagement in the comments thank you for all the people who were saying that sterling was soft because you got a little bit of fire lit underneath him i appreciate all of you there's a train horn in the background they're ready for the bills game they're ready for the train horn we just you know what i planned that this was all part Get of the plan. Her down. At 9.58 Eastern time, I was stalling just for the train horn. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for Miss Kimmick, for Mr. Furrow. I'm Bruce Nolan, and you have been chopped up. <laughs>